Bean Dad, The Dress, 30 to 50 Feral Hogs. If you knew what any of those were, you spend too much time online. And hey, I do too. 16th Minute of Fame is a new weekly podcast hosted by me, Jamie Loftus. And every week we take a closer look at an internet character of the day. Who are they? What made them so notorious? How did the internet or the algorithm choose them? And what does a person do when they're suddenly confronted with more attention than the human psyche can handle? Listen to 16th Minute of Fame on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hello, acclaimed comics writer and notorious Scott Summers hater, Rosie Knight. Well, hello, Emmy-winning podcaster and totally unbiased Targaryen royal supporter, Jason Concepcion. Somehow the X-Ray Vision podcast has returned. And like always, we'll be here every week. You'll hear from TV writers, comics creators, pop culture critics. Nothing is off the table. Listen to X-Ray Vision on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Imagine you're a fly on the wall at a dinner between the mafia, the CIA, and the KGB. That's where my new podcast begins. This is Neil Strauss, host of To Live and Die in L.A., and I wanted to quickly tell you about an intense new series about a dangerous spy taught to seduce men for their secrets and sometimes their lives. From Tenderfoot TV, this is To Die For. To Die For is available now. Listen for free on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. And that's what you really missed with Jenna and Kevin, an iHeartRadio podcast. Welcome to And That's What You Really Miss podcast. This is a very special edition at Blue Wire Studios at Wynn Las Vegas with a very special guest, Vanessa Lenji. Hello, happy to be here. Oh my gosh. Wow. First of all, selfishly. Um, <laughs> Let's just go. Not even. <laughs> I love the win. And so when this thing happened, people were like, yeah, you can talk about the win, make it sound organic. No, this is actually there's knows nobody me, loves the wind more than Kevin. I love Las Vegas. And then I'm like the biggest walking billboard for Win Las Vegas. I'm always trying to find an excuse to come here. And I swear this isn't like spawn con. This is me. Truth. I showed up days earlier than Vanessa and Jenna just to be here. Yes, you did. I and, did. And as Vanessa Lenges would say, we're winning. Yeah, we are. Oh, winning. We are winning. Winning with a Y. <laughs> winning with a Y in Las Vegas specifically. <laughs> I, I, Las I forgot Vegas. how much I loved Las Vegas and Jenna and I flew here and I was like, looking over, there's that 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 sphere. Yes. And this beautiful win. I love Vegas. <laughs> Get me an no. alcoholic can of whipped cream and <laughs> a stay at the win. And, and we'll be winning. She walked in the casino. She's like, ah, just the smell of liquor and cigarettes. cigarettes. <laughs> Gets my... This is our Las Vegas residency. This seat was wet when you I got here. You know how like Adele has a residency, yes. Celine, we, they all have residencies. This is ours. And when you think of a Las Vegas interview with Vanessa Lynch, Jason, you think of obviously. in line after Adele and Celine, you think of us. That's the natural progression mm-hmm. of things. Yeah. Obviously. If you have no taste. Um, Kevin and I did start listening to the Celine Dion Christmas album as you had requested. My Canadian queen. Yeah. And was I wrong? No, you weren't wrong. This is okay. You can listen to that year round. No, you actually can. Yeah. The last time I was in Vegas was to see Celine. Oh, gosh. Uh, How many was, times was it not the most spiritual experience ever? Yeah, I cried. I cried and my friend told me to be less loud. What? Yeah, I was screaming a lot. What do you mean be less loud? Uh, we don't talk anymore. <laughs> no. Okay, good. Cut him out. <laughs> 
Uh, no, it was, it was amazing. I was, I was just, I just felt, found myself screaming. I had the same experience when I saw dolphins in the wild for the first time where I just started screaming it at them. The same experience with Celine. I do feel like it is watching Celine because I saw Celine a couple times. Mm. Watching her was like seeing a pot of dolphin swimming yes. next to your boat. Thank you. Because you there was something me. so miraculous about it. And like, you could hear her like smack her own chest. She pointed at me and said, do you believe in love? <gasps> what did you like, say? I was like, I'll believe in it. I said, yes, obviously. I don't believe in anything you want. If she told me to jump in. off the cliff, I would happily swan dive off that. Uh, Kevin saw Celine with me for the very first time. My first time, my first time seeing Celine was with Kevin McHale. Mm-hmm. And the lead up too was actually just as good as the concert because I was like shaking. You were, you know, I have Physically a picture. shaking. I have a picture of her like outside the theater and she couldn't, <laughs> she was smiling, but she looked so nervous. She's just like, mm, so happy. I don't know what to do. The same night I saw Celine, Darren Chris was at in Vegas as well. And you had to choose between the two? No. He was like, <laughs> come, come meet me out. Sorry, Darren. I was like, I'm in bed. He was like, come, you can come in your pajamas. So I literally went to meet Darren Chris out in Vegas in my pajamas. And it was a, it was, he had a VIP private Steve Aoki. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I don't know what that's called. Rave. Yeah. Raves. Did you show up to a club in your in pajamas? My pajamas? In my pajamas. I feel like that's very on brand night. for you though. Yeah, it, it, it's true. It, because if anybody can pull that off, you can. I was just going to say that is very Vanessa Lenji's to show. I wasn't sure what, what you were going to show up in today. <laughs> I wasn't sure. And that's a good thing. She brought outfits and one of them has a window. Yeah. It's a brick house dress. I'll change into it for another episode. It has a little peep window for the tatas. One that they can breathe. Speaking of Celine, again, I swear, I I went to the new show here last night at the Wynn, Mm -hmm. Las Vegas, Mm -hmm. um, Awakening. (laughs) I had two friends with me. And when I tell you we were gasping. Were you? I have never seen anything like like gasping we were like there was a part of it where they created water with light and then had gigantic jellyfish (gasps) dropping from the ceiling real jellyfish no they were not real jellyfish poisonous jellyfish well you were gasping so i don't know because it it looked so good Mm, wow I didn't know. I had no idea what I was getting I myself stay into. And go. And, oh, you you should. It was. We'll come back next time for our residency. <laughs> it was very surreal because if you blink, then like the entire set changed. Like things were coming down from the ceiling, things were coming up from the floor. Mm. There were these like creatures with masks that were like eight feet tall that would look at you, and it was terrifying. But wow. also like, don't look away. Mm-hmm. I. It was. I couldn't get over it. It's like, what is this? Also, how does somebody think of that? And also, it ruined any other like theater experience for me mm-hmm. because now I know it's possible. Mm-hmm. Right. And then I was like, I would like to see um, More. Beyonce do this. Oh, I, wow. I, like, what does Beyonce in the round Just look like? Just drop her in the, to that show. Yeah. Jenna, the weather is finally getting warmer, so it's time to say goodbye to jackets and sweaters and hello to shorts and tees. Yes, it is. And I wanted to update my wardrobe for the long haul without spending a fortune. And luckily, I found Quince. Now I've got a lineup of timeless pieces that keep me looking effortlessly chic year after year. 
like premium European linen dresses, blouses, and shorts from $30, washable silk tops, timeless 14 karat gold jewelry, and so much more. And the best part, all Quince items are priced 50 to 80% less than similar brands. By partnering directly with top factories, Quince cuts out the cost of the middleman and passes the savings on to us. And Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing practices in premium fabrics and finishes. We love that. I just got the silk skirt, and then I also got the um, 100% organic cotton striped sweater. It's great quality. For that price, I literally shop here all the time now because it is just undeniable. Get warm weather ready with Quince. Go to quince.com slash really for free shipping on your order and 365 day returns. That's Q-U-I-N-C-E dot com slash really to get free shipping and 365 day returns. Quince.com slash really. Bean Dad, The Dress, 30 to 50 feral hogs. If you knew what any of those were, you spend too much time online. And hey, I do too. 16th Minute of Fame is a new weekly podcast hosted by me, Jamie Loftus, where every week I take a closer look at an internet character of the day. Who were they? What made them so notorious? Why did the internet choose them? And what does a person do when they're suddenly confronted with more attention than the human psyche can handle? I'll be talking to internet historians, experts, and yes, the main characters themselves to get a fuller picture. Because I think that even outside individual experiences, a character of the day tells us something about how the internet worked at that time and how the attention economy developed into the freaky three-headed dragon it is today. Together, we probably won't be able to properly log out, but we can take a walk down scary internet memory lane and see one day a little more clearly. Listen to 16th Minute of Fame on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. writer and notorious Scott Summers hater, Rosie Knight. Well, hello, Emmy-winning podcaster and totally unbiased Targaryen royal supporter, Jason Concepcion. Rosie, somehow the X-Ray Vision podcast has returned. It feels so good. It does. And like always, we'll be here every week covering the wide world of TV, movies, comics, and geek culture. That's right. We'll be talking about Batman, heroes of that stature, and of course... We'll be inviting our friends in the industry to come geek out with us and share stories. We'll hear from TV writers, from actors, comics creators, pop culture critics, and more. Nothing is off the table because geek culture is pop culture. And we can't wait to share our love of it all with you every single week. Listen to X-Ray Vision on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Okay, let's talk about Vanessa Lenges. <gasps> uh, we're going to be here all day and I'm prepared for it. I know. This is a long, this is a hard episode to keep compact, but we're not going to. It feels like we've been friends forever. Yes. It doesn't feel like you joined the show at season three. It feels like you've been there from the start mm-hmm. um, because you locked in so quickly with all of us. Truly. Just coming in very quickly, um, doing your uh, iconic rendition of Hey Big Spender. To have to do that in front of, um, and a very established show at the time with friends, your like peers, your age and to commit so deeply was actually the most impressive thing I think I've ever seen. Um, tell me, tell us about your, uh, your initial first impressions. 
Well, 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 <laughs> that get to that too, but also tell us about like how you got Glee and, and all of that. Yes, this is great. This is great. First, I want to say, Kevin, you look so sexy today. I hate you so much. And <laughs> I'm going to try to keep it together. I hate you. They should have put us a little further <laughs> apart. Go. Okay, how did I, how did I come to be on Glee? So it was 2010, I think. I yeah. think. Uh, is that, yeah. so does that feel right? 10 or 11? Time is a construct. And I, I, I got this audition. It said, uh, it's just an episodic, like one episode, this character, Sugar Mata, and she does, she's a terrible tone deaf singer. Sorry to interrupt. Yes. It was, was it just a guest star? It was, it was not supposed, supposed to be a recur. That's correct. <laughs> that is correct. <laughs> that's yeah. the power of Vanessa Lungy's, yeah. ladies yeah. and gentlemen. <laughs> and, um, and I remember Eric's, I always say his name. Stoltz? Yes, that's right. Stoltz. Eric Stoltz was in the audition room with me in the casting room. And what a uh, gift. it was a gift. Mm-hmm. I was like, oh, this is so great. They really treat actors with respect. The directors here. I loved that. And mm-hmm. um, and there was something that happened in the audition where <laughs> you gave me permission to be as awful as possible. Mm-hmm. And I just thought, wow, what a what an opportunity. Because, <laughs> um, you know, when you go to audition, you want to you want to impress, you know, it's like counterintuitive to try to be as awful as possible um, <laughs> instead of the usual experience of trying to be as impressive as possible. Um, and then I could feel it like I just mm. could feel this this sense of, oh, I'm going to be I'm going to be with these people. Like mm. this is working. Yeah. And. It's working, but also kind of like what Jenna's saying, it's weird that I came in season three because our relationship feels like it started before that and will outlast this, of course. And I could feel that already in the audition room is what I mean. Wow. Yeah. And then, um, and then I- Were uh, we nice to you when you came in? So. <laughs> oh, so I, boy. I, so I came in to, to do a practice for Big Spender with uh, Brad on piano. And, and you guys were filming. Oh, let's um, just to preface this. We got the beat. Yes, we were on the auditorium stage, yeah. right? I and, remember this. And I walked into the audi- auditorium and to meet everyone. Mm-hmm. And I met Telly for the first time. Telly mm-hmm. is now my best friend. Wow. Um, so I'll never forget meeting uh, Mr. Aristotle and then and then and everyone was on stage and you guys were either recording or practicing we got the beat with the purple pianos and I walked down and I watched and I felt just this awe I felt this awe of the energy and then and then oh, you cut oh, no. and then I think it might have even been telly it was like everyone come meet Vanessa oh, she's gonna no. play Sugar Mata and I remember I was like, who the, who the fuck is this? <laughs> and might've used the F word, but that was the energy was who the F is this. Yeah. And then, um, and Kevin, you were very excited because mm, Kevin would be very excited. No, he was, he just was very nice. Cause welcoming. he's a fan. No, yeah. I Kevin's was a fan. I was an actual Vanessa Lindsay's fan oh. because I don't know if you've anyone seen American dreams because that was the best show Really and I good. was obsessed with it. I did not miss an episode. And Vanessa was on it. I played Roxanne Bajorski, the troublemaking best friend. Absolutely. <laughs> hussy. And was so good and believable as the hussy. Thank you. Um, mm. I pulled from the deep for that. <laughs> she just showed up to set as herself. She's like, I rolled out of bed. <laughs> Here I am. And I didn't know, like, we don't know usually who's getting these roles. And then when Telly brought her in, I was like, I know absolutely who this girl is. Mm-hmm. I have seen her. I grew up watching her. And also one of my first 
like young Hollywood quote unquote events in LA was at, I might've been like the sportsman's lodge, like years before Glee. Oh, wow. Like I was in a boy band and it was like a gifting suite, I think for something. And I had never been to one of those before. And there was like a little step and repeat. And I looked over and Vanessa Lenges was there. Mm. And I was so starstruck. I had, like, I left, I walked past. I couldn't even look at her or go up to talk to her because I was like, this is, I'm seeing a celebrity and I have to leave. And then she shows up on the show that I'm on. Are you kidding me? I didn't know that. And I knew how good she was. Uh, So that's why when there was some um, coldness from other members of the cast. I was like, oh, you just wait because this is an actual actor. (laughs) She belongs here. The rest of us can go. Yes, like she's legitimate. (laughs) The rest of us are faking it. Wow. Um, Because I was like, she's been doing this longer on TV than all of us have combined. That's right. Wow. First of all, did they give away Hello Kitty toasters at that gifting suite? I have no idea. (laughs) It might have been one of, I had never been to a gifting suite either. And I remember being like, how much is this toaster? (laughs) <laughs> and they're like, you just can take it. And I was like, I can take this toaster. It 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 puts Hello Kitty's face on toast. You're just gonna give this to me? Yeah. And they're like, yeah, that's that's the point. It and I remember like thousand dollars. What? This is great. Um, wow, <laughs> Kevin, I love you, and that's very sweet. I feel I feel just uh, um, honored. And then and then yeah, people were so so so. I walked in to that rehearsal or 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 film vibes were weird and I they, were say, weird. Vibes they were weird vibes were really weird they were very like, the just from our I'm, I'm a sensitive cancer uh and i could tell that something was up and um and, mm. and you know i had respect for it too i was like you know everyone has been working together for the last you know two years they haven't had any time off they've gone from filming a season going on tour filming a season going on tour this is a tight-knit group and I think maybe I've had enough experience to know you know that there is a a whole ecosystem here Mm -hmm. that I do not yet yet know about so I think in my mind I was just feeling like I can just be as open as possible and be as you know kind of malleable as possible and just remember you know to show up with love in all the crevices where love is needed and Mm -hmm. I had known Corey um, Mm -hmm. previously so Corey and I were friends so that was also, I was like, Corey was like, Vanessa. And that moment. Yeah. What, so you and Corey made me feel very, very welcome. That and tracks. then, and then, you know, and women, it's different. I think, mm-hmm. I think everyone was going through something. Yes. And, uh, and also you were probably fairly being like, can you, can you roll with this? Cause this is intense. What it, we're doing yeah. is intense. So, you know, what are you, what are you going to bring? Are you going to be mm-hmm. a foe? Are you going to be a friend? Are you going to be competition? You know, I could, and that I feel like that's a very, you know, when you're meeting new women, that's kind of what mm-hmm. goes through it. That's unfortunate in Hollywood that it feels like that, but it often feels like yeah. that. And in hindsight, like I wish we had, made more space but we are also personally all going through as you said so much I was ready for it I mean I was I was because you're just Vanessa and you like roll with it and like we always watch and when we talk about the in the podcast when you came on the last season we talk about you because even with like you know heart is like your first real big episode other Mm -hmm. than big spender you there's a lot of characters there's a lot of story for not a lot of people um, and you always made such a mountain over a molehill, like in the best way possible and like just committed to the one line you had in the episode and made it something. That's why they always cut to you. That's why like you always make us laugh because 
um, it was so genuine and, uh, and then, you know, in hindsight, like so appreciated that it wasn't somebody who came in that was like, this is my house now, bitch. Like you mm. came in very respectful. You had enough experience. You'd been on a lot of shows before you'd done a lot of stuff. And then I remember though, when you started, I think when Corey like set the tone for us, you're like, he's like, she's cool. Mm. You have somebody you trust. It's like a mutual That's friend. Right. Um, you started telling us about your audition for um make uh stick it stick it oh stick it the legendary oh iconic movie stick it and vanessa made Starring us vanessa laugh Angie's? i think so much because uh why don't you regale us with that tale right now okay so in my stick it audition i commit to things and i had just i had uh, basically before the audition gone to a local gym gymnastics studio and just copied them. I just studied them and copied them. I tried to get as strong as possible in two weeks, which doesn't happen. <laughs> it's not a thing. <laughs> not a thing. <laughs> but then I did get, I bought this um, gymnastics uh, top, top and bottom set. Mm-hmm. Like they yeah. have one before they disrobe, you know, the, and it go the zipper goes Jump, all like a the jumpsuit. way. A jumpsuit. Yeah. yeah. But I'm five two and the jumpsuit was made for, a taller person and I didn't have time to get it hemmed or even didn't think of getting it hemmed. Anyways, I go to do this. They, they, there's like an agility test to this audition, which doesn't really happen often. Right. No. So my agility test, they have cameras filming it and I'm standing there poised. Like I watched the gymnast do in the, in the, in the gymnasium. And I, you know, I, I look to the right, I look to the left and all I have to do is run across the, the mat the performance mat. What do they call that? The floor. The, the floor. That's right. See, I know so much about <laughs> gymnastics. And so I just, I just was focused and I saw my, my end point and I gave it my all and halfway through the floor tripped over my long pants and face planted <laughs> like, like, like face planted, like rug burn on cheek. Uh, and I was just lying there. I it almost blacked out because like I opened my eyes and I'm just laying on the floor. I'm going to pee myself. And I feel like the whole room is just holding their breath. And I just had this split second, like fucking pop. Sorry, Sporian. No, yes, no children. Do it. Do it. Pop, pop up. up and, and do the final stick at landing and, and at your audience. And I just did it. And people burst out laughing. And then when I, and then they gave me the job, yeah. which great. And then I remember Jessica Bendinger, the director, we were, we were there and filming the scene. She's like, I'm bored of this scene. Vanessa, can you do the thing you did in your audition where you fall over and then like pop back up? And make it seem real. And so in the movie, there's a scene where I like do this little jig and just face plant and then just like pop up and go. And that was, that was totally pulled from that audition. And then I used humor, you know, you guys, you, you were, we, you know, the, the start of us meeting was rocky, but you welcome, you welcomed me in really fast. Mm -hmm. And Kevin was like, I'll give you all the tea. I'll let you know all Did the thing that's going on. Oh yeah. You were my, oh, you were my wow. little canary in the coal mine. I trusted Cause, I, her. Cause my vibe, I could feel everything. Yes. But I wasn't, but the, but what I was seeing was confusing. I also mm-hmm. knew that I knew how difficult it must be for a new person coming in because we had been through that a couple of times, mm-hmm. but I also knew like your resume mm-hmm. and I knew you weren't not, you were not new. Mm-hmm. Like you may be new to us, Mm-hmm. But like you're more qualified than the rest of us mm-hmm. to be here. Mm-hmm. Wow. So I felt like I could 
trust you. Be like, you're going to get these things because you've been on, you've been a regular on a show you're for like several seasons. You're like my little seasons. glee shaman. Yeah, that's wow. right. Wow. Yes. And then, and then Jen and I didn't get close until later. I can't even remember, but I do. Oh, Vanessa's memory know. is too good. No, actually, I have. Well, I remember emotional things. Mm. So I remember when we fell in love. I guess. Right. I'm trying to say. Right. Hey, uh, it was later. But um, and I feel like Melissa, Melissa Buell, our wonderful makeup artist who did both Vanessa and I kind of brought us together as yes. well. Yeah. Because we were both separately very close with her. And you're like, this girl can vibe with like anybody. And then like the three of us started hanging out and. I just, I trusted Buell, you know? Yeah. And when I saw her getting close with you, I was like, oh, there must be something to this girl. And to be fair, like the, I had already been on, I was unhinged at that point. <laughs> my torso was aside my, from my legs. Like I just was not, uh, not on my body. So. And can I just come to your defense just here and I stand up for my friend, Jenna? What, <laughs> what I was hearing from my sh- shaman, Kevin McHale at the time was that people were fucking mean to you. Mm. And uh, talking about you behind your back, putting you down, you were having a thing and no one was showing up with like, is she okay? Yeah. Does she need anything? Instead, they were like, can you believe what she's up to and how mm-hmm. she can't keep herself together? And I think my response was when she gets back, I'm going to love her. Like, she, like I'm just going to be the thing that I would want somebody to be for me at that That's point. So nice. And so I remember kind of waiting for you to come back and just being like, I can't wait to love this woman. And you were so kind Mm. to me and Mm. you responded right. Like you, like Mm -hmm. you were nothing like people were, you know, painting, painting. Mm. And, um, very nice. And then, you know, we had just, I just remember so much love falling in love, falling in love. Yeah. Some little mousies. So many mousies. There's also the fact that like, when, and we'll get there, but when the new cast came in, there was, there was this like new life that breathed mm-hmm. into this. And I was revived at that point. I think I had rid of some of the energy that was like, well, if I can't act like those people and get what they're getting, then I, I need to like find myself again. And then it was like a gift. Like all mm-hmm. these new people came in and were kind of looking to us for leadership. Yeah. And I was like, oh, bitch, I can do this and like set a new tone. And mm-hmm. so like we felt like even you were a part of that. We yeah. got to set a new tone with our our new cast members. Yeah. And we had like a ball. Yeah. I think season felt three. Felt, yeah, it did. Right. I'm remembering- do you feel like that, Kevin? Or no? Um, yes. And because I think it was very indicative of Vanessa's portrayal of when she first came on to set to meet us because there were sort of like <laughs> um, factions mm-hmm. being created and like divides happening for the first time, really. Mm. And some wild behavior. Yeah. And I like think who can show up latest to a to set. Yeah, there was. Weird- Had you experienced that on your other shows? I not to like I think Gail, other I think Gail O'Grady would be fine if I talked to her about this. But yeah, when I did, oh Ameri- when I did American Dreams, when I did American Dreams and we had family dinner scenes, there there were some, for sure games being played oh, with wow. the older cast um, of like, I'll get there. Like, I'll wait until somebody I'll else gets there. And I want to be the there. last person to set. <laughs> <laughs> but when, when I joined the Glee cast, I for sure saw some pretty crazy behaviors happening. 
And it's hard when you're in it, it's hard to identify that those behaviors are crazy and not normal because it's what you're used to. So you have nothing to compare it to because mm-hmm. like, this is what we see every day and you make it work around that or in spite of it yes. or despite of it, because yes. you're like, well, this is how we just have to like balance these personalities. Yeah, so With my is- experience, I can tell you that the Glee schedule was not normal. Mm-hmm. Yes. And what you guys were asked to do was beyond anything I've seen before. Mm-hmm. And I, I like, I loved the challenge of it. So I really, I felt like it was amazing. Like my creative being mm-hmm. loved having to go to dance rehearsal, then the studio, then the, you know, rehearsal, then act and dance and sing and like have these 15 to 17 hour days all the way into Saturday mornings and, and the pressure of also then having your show be so famous mm-hmm. and that whole demand. Mm-hmm. I loved that, but it was in no way normal. Yeah. No. And well, I think that's also why that led to, and the popu- that combined with the popularity of it mm-hmm. led to certain behaviors Happening. coping mechanisms yes, really. and then they were just like allowed to happen yeah well that's what yeah it was. that's what was that was what was weird and i think that's why I, I just respected jenna so much i was like why is she getting punished yeah when mm-hmm. exactly what mm-hmm. i'm seeing over here is getting rewarded mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. feels good it's to weird. have somebody else say that <laughs> it's nice to hear thank yeah. you yeah bean dad the dress 30 to 50 feral hogs. If you knew what any of those were, you spend too much time online. And hey, I do too. 16th Minute of Fame is a new weekly podcast hosted by me, Jamie Loftus, where every week I take a closer look at an internet character of the day. Who were they? What made them so notorious? Why did the internet choose them? And what does a person do when they're suddenly confronted with more attention than the human psyche can handle? I'll be talking to internet historians, experts, and yes, the main characters themselves to get a fuller picture. Because I think that even outside individual experiences, a character of the day tells us something about how the internet worked at that time and how the attention economy developed into the freaky three-headed dragon it is today. Together, we probably won't be able to properly log out, but we can take a walk down scary internet memory lane and see one day a little more clearly. Listen to 16th Minute of Fame on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hello, acclaimed comics writer and notorious Scott Summers hater, Rosie Knight. Well, hello, Emmy-winning podcaster and totally unbiased Targaryen royal supporter, Jason Concepcion. Rosie, somehow the X-Ray Vision podcast has returned. It feels so good. It does. And like always, we'll be here every week covering the wide world of TV, movies, comics, and geek culture. That's right. We'll be talking about Batman, heroes of that stature. And of course, we'll be inviting our friends in the industry to come geek out with us and share stories. We'll hear from TV writers, from actors, comics creators, pop culture critics, and more. Nothing is off the table because geek culture is pop culture. And we can't wait to share our love of it all with you every single week. Listen to X-Ray Vision on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. This is Neil Strauss, host of the Tenderfoot TV true crime podcast, To Live and Die in L.A. I'm here to tell you about the new podcast I've been undercover investigating for the last year and a half. It's called To Die For. Here's a clip. 
all these girls were sent out into the world and they were told, try to meet important men, try to attach yourself to important men. The voice you're hearing is a Russian model agent telling me about spies sent out to seduce men with political power. The war in Ukraine is also being fought by all these girls that are all over important cities. For the first time, a military-trained seduction spy reveals how the Russian government turned sex and love into a deadly weapon. If you want to kill your target, it's easy. You just seduce him, take him somewhere, start having sex, and then he's very vulnerable, so you can kill him easily. To Die For is available now. Listen for free on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. You started the the infamous, and this podcast is now dedicated to the Trouble Tones. Oh, yeah. <gasps> oh, I, had my a, I had a dream about the Trouble Tones last night, and I had a dream the Trouble Tones were real, and I was joining the Trouble Tones. <sighs> And my um, dance teacher from high school was the head of the Trouble Tones. Oh, wow. Naya was there, actually. She came. <gasps> um, I'm going to cry. Yeah, she was there. It was She was very vivid there. But um, I was in the silver dresses. Remember that one? Oh, yeah. I will survive? Yeah. I'm yeah. Survivor, I will survive? Yeah. Oh, what a number. So I was in the Trouble Tones last night. I um, love that. <laughs> I, would, I would resurrect the Trouble Tones. They need to go what on tour. Dream. On tour, yeah. Why didn't tr- Trouble Tones make an appearance? I really- oh, haven't happened after tour. Yeah. Mm. If we had another tour, which I would have loved a tour. I know everyone was ready for never, never no more tour, so but I would have had tour. so you much so on tour. You would have seen even the more, more unhinged behavior from everybody. Oh, oh. yeah. You really? thought, you thought like every day was weird. Oh, tour yeah, this behavior was, was, there was no oversight. No, no, like, We no, could no. do whatever Everyone. we want. As good and as bad as you it. can be. You would have loved it. We spent a lot of time with Telly too. pregnant. Absolutely. Even you, Kevin. Yeah. Yes. We would have tried. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Um, Let's talk about Sugar's wardrobe for a second because (gasps) you are infamous for pattern, color, um, risk taking. In um, real life or Sugar? Yes. 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 yes, You know, Vanessa is known for that. Mm -hmm. And so so I want to know whose idea, who, you know, how Sugar's whole being came to be and how it evolved for you. Uh, pause for a fact. I think that sugar as a, as a character, as a person, you know, as a backstory is 90% wardrobe. Mm. Mm-hmm. Mm. Mm-hmm. Like that I makes sense. think this, what, what came to be, and this is fun about characters that we play as actors is you have an idea of who they are and what they're about. And then as you be them, mm-hmm. You know, you're you're schooled in what this character actually wants to be. I love that about mm-hmm. acting. Mm-hmm. And but when, and so with Sugar, it was she became just her clothes. Like that's <laughs> the, that was ninety percent of this of who she was. <laughs> and um and I can I and I can, I get it because she, you know, she was a spoiled rich kid who was told nothing but good things about her all the time. So she could have that delusion that she actually knew how to sing. And, (laughs) and I, I imagine that she just watched, you know, pop culture, movies, television, or, or, or older, you know, whatever. She was just a consumption or, as far as, you know, 
television and, and film and, and, and music. And so every, so when she saw clothes and she would just think of those things that she had seen in a movie or a TV show or, or, or an artist and then <laughs> became that, you know, mm. and it was like the opposite of Coco Chanel. Like instead of taking something off before you, mm. one item off before you leave the house, sugars put on five more because it's not done until you have, <laughs> you yeah. know, until it's not. And, and, um, and then because I didn't have a lot of lines and a lot of storyline, I, just as an artist was having so much fun with the clothes mm -hmm. so that I could feel this f sense of fulfillment just by <laughs> what I wore. Yeah. And I mean, in the heart episode, I was, I, uh, I watched it last night <laughs> and when I jump on your, on your chair and yeah. you wheel me out, I'm just like the socks and the, the neck, like this, mm -hmm. just the shoes, just like everything was delightful. Mm -hmm. Like it was, it brought me pleasure. Mm. Each item of clothing brought me pleasure. And then I would, I would kind of be like, what did she, who just, this is sugar dressing as Britney Spears in, mm. you know, right. You know, this music video, or this is sugar being <laughs> Julie Andrews in the sound of music. And this, you know, just would be like sugar being who, who's sugar being right now. That was one of my favorite things about getting to work with you was the moment you came into that choir room <laughs> and there was still like some weird and undeserved tension. I knew how like serious I could tell after the first few takes, like how serious you were as an actor, mm -hmm. like how much thought you had already put into this character that is only going to be here on paper for, for one, one episode. episode. That's right. And you have like been a regular on other TV shows. Like you've been in movies, like you've, done things and to come in and like be a guest star can be like a hard thing and how much thought and care went into mm -hmm. that one character for that one episode I was like oh mm -hmm. the rest of us to a certain extent may not be thinking as deeply about our characters or by that point you're on autopilot mm -hmm. and I think it happens to a lot of tv shows where you become caricatures of the original character. Yeah. And you guys also, and, uh, coming to the defense of my friends, mm -hmm. you were also, your personal lives were mined for your characters. Mm. Yes. Totally. And yeah. I don't think you had a chance to opt in or say like, I'm okay with this. Mm -hmm. And yes. for me. You're totally right. I wouldn't. Well, first of all, this is and just where I was as a human, I would never let anybody in to, to be able to mine my inner world right. for, you know, extort my inner world at the time. Now I'm, I'm like, my whole game is trying to be more vulnerable and more honest. But at the time I was like, no, I play a character. Yeah. That's how I live. Right. Mm -hmm. um, but, but y'all, I felt like didn't have that separation of self and character. Mm -hmm. So I just, I want to just, thanks. You're come right. To, to come to my friends. And I, and I also think that was the starting point of this weird thing that was also happening. Not to like, I don't want to like be gossipy and like talk shit. I thought that's what we were, I thought that's what this podcast is. But, <laughs> but there was like this, you're, you, you have to <laughs> do some. I missed the memo. <laughs> no, no, you're right. Okay, good. In season three, this is what happens. Yeah. Hey, the, season three. I'm just a season three bitch. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> because like we were asked to do like crazy weird big things like hey big spender was like a big you have to come in there and like let loose basically mm -hmm. and there were lots of times during the season and beyond where we had to do really big wacky things yes and if the other person 
is judging you and you can tell they're judging you, Ooh. it is the worst thing because the only way you can make that work is like, we're in this together. Totally. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. And Vanessa coming in and doing Big Spender, I was like, I don't trust. I remember having this thought that everybody in this room is going to be on board or get what she is doing mm. because they're uncomfortable or like they don't care mm-hmm. or like, I don't, I don't know what they're thinking. Mm-hmm. And it was like, Vanessa's an actual actor, a serious actor, and is coming in here to do a job that she's paid to do and right. cares about. Right. And it was a real like wide awakening, like kick in the ass for me. Like I need to step up my shit, even if I don't have a bunch of lines mm-hmm. in this episode, because that's what Vanessa's doing. And it was nice to be like reminded of like what mm-hmm. our jobs <laughs> were, because we could get caught up in the schedule and like the fame of it all. Mm-hmm. And the he said, she said stuff that was mm-hmm. happening behind the scenes. And so having you there was a very mm-hmm. excellent lesson in just like the originally what we were hired to do. Right. Like, hey guys, focus, focus up. Here's someone like is putting a hundred percent into everything they're doing. Yeah. Anytime the camera cuts to Vanessa, she is fully, even if she's just like staring at someone talking or singing, She's, she's sugar. Acting. There was never not a moment where she is not sugar. Acting. Like we were t- like, there's Jenna, there's Kevin, <laughs> there's Amber, there's Naya. And there's sugar, Mata. <laughs> and, and, like, and there's sugar. <laughs> Vanessa was and like, that's a testament yeah. to your ability to like, you were a professional. Yeah. I only broke during our love affair where I couldn't but hold like, it in. Hardly. Oh no. You were still, <laughs> you were still sugar. Mm. Mm. Um, I also love, like, because you can sing much better than Sugar can. Yeah. Anyone can sing much better than Sugar can. <laughs> but but you, yes, I'll take the compliment. Yeah, but like, you can actually sing. And then American Dreams is also musically based. Yeah, yeah. And then you came on, which there were not a lot of musical shows that people could pull from to be right. like, I was on this or had any experience. Did you feel like having that in your repertoire in your past Somehow, like, did you think that was going to help inform you of how you integrated into the show? Obviously, it was very different. Um, yeah, I think uh, I think I just got really excited that I was asked to come back for another episode, and and then another episode, and then oh, <laughs> uh, Sugar Mata's dad created the Trouble Tones, and that is a whole thing. I was just I just kept being excited that I was <laughs> welcomed back. And um, I, I uh, so it was episode by episode that you get it was off. episode by episode. I didn't know. You just wait for how, until, s- how wait soon the after the first one did you know wait you're coming back phone. for the second one? Oh gosh, I don't know. Mm. I'm not sure. Mm-hmm. I also think it's like we were all up. It, obviously, I, I didn't answer your question because the answer is no. Yeah, I was. I was it was just like no. now you're going to a dance rehearsal. Right. Oh wait, I'm dan. Oh now I'm dancing. Mm-hmm. Oh now you're going to the studio to record uh, the Chicago. What's the Chicago one we did? Oh, Tessel Block Tango. Tessel Block Tango. Oh, that's right. Sugar has a whole. I don't even think they used it on the show. But if you if you download Cell Block Tango, download. Full, I'm 38 years old. The full version. If you mm-hmm. Stream it on Spotify. I don't know. Whatever. If you see the full version <laughs> of Cell Block Tango, I actually have a a, a part in it. So somewhere along the line, Sugar was singing and dancing. And uh, yes. and and I I never thought oh I can I because I'm um, qualified to do right. this yeah. I just thought oh I get to they're inviting me in to do this now mm. ooh cool mm-hmm. it was always exciting I also feel like because 
very quickly, we all became obsessed with you. Mm-hmm. Like it was a very God. quick turnaround from mm-hmm. like any sort of resistance. To, I gotta stretch to let this love oh, in, like, Gabe's oh. term. And we're like, we can't let her go. And I feel like every department felt that, which is also probably oh, yeah. why you like immediately like keep writing her in. Yeah. Like, like we, please we keep need her. her. Cause like the energy was so good. And also I imagine for the writers too, to get somebody who's as good as you with comedy and then like physical right. comedy um, where we had a lot of people who were really good at that, but like you were another like powerhouse powerhouse coming in. Mm-hmm. I imagine from a writer's perspective, that was very fun to write for. Yes. Knowing that like, Oh, I'm going to write this. And I know Vanessa's just going to make this even better. Mm-hmm. 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 So take that. I'm taking it. Take I'm it. letting it I'm in and it's like it uncomfortable, soak. but also feels good and gooey. I know. <laughs> I know it should feel good and gooey. Which is, it's wild to watch. Vanessa is the biggest ray of sunshine mm-hmm. and like ball of love. And it's wild that it can be uncomfortable for somebody like that to receive all these compliments because you deserve it all. There's not mm-hmm. enough. I don't know enough words to say all the good things about you. Let's just talk about some bad things about me for a second. Oh, so can, I don't know not. if there are any. Do you oh, have come um, on. No, there's no bad things. I don't know. There's no bad things. Let's not sit here long enough to figure it out. Let's, um, <laughs> I'm curious, like, do you have like distinctive memories of being on set? Cause you were with this for so long for us. A lot of it, um, melds into one it all mm-hmm. kind of is a blur each day was kind of the same in some you know respect but like do you have core memories of being on set mm-hmm. things that you did I have uh I have a really good memory of um Corey and I and it was like in, we were in the in the holding room and there were set chairs everywhere and almost everyone was napping in a different in a different <laughs> position there were people lying on the oh, floor right. there were people who had chairs There's- set up in a row of three and were sleeping on that and it was everyone was sleeping and Corey was sitting Corey was the only one awake and I was sitting next to him and like I said you know we had been friends from before but um it was very trippy he was looking at everyone with this kind of loving Papa vibe. Mm-hmm. And I remember we had this talk about his experience. That's that, that, you know, to that point on Glee. And he was talking about each of you as you slept with so, so much love. And, um, and it was, it just was a cosmic conversation. I don't know how to, else to describe it where I really just saw his holding of everyone and, mm-hmm. and, and silently, you know, he wasn't, he wasn't a man of many words, but um, that conversation really stands out to me. Mm-hmm. So that one stands out. That was kind of a, a heavy one, but um, I also remember, <laughs> I remember these shorts I wore in a dance rehearsal. They were like <laughs> these cotton shorts that made my butt <laughs> jiggle and everyone said something about it. And I just remember that moment being like, Oh man, because you're this so is, hot. This is a sexy group. Yeah, we you're were, so hot. Thank you. And I just, it, I, I don't think I saw myself as hot at the time. Uh, my personal life was not hot mm-hmm. at the time, and and I'm, mm-hmm. and and so I think like just like my own the way I I saw myself and the way you guys reflected who you saw in me mm-hmm. was uh, there was a gap there. But so those moments really stand out for me when yeah. I got that kind of reflection. Uh. Um, so that 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 stands out for me. I'm trying to think of. We were all just like we said that everyone was attracted to Grant. Everyone was also I'm attracted to, to Vanessa. Yeah. Oh, thanks. 
um, as I was to you. Mm-hmm. Uh, I remember breaking up with that person that I was with while I was on Glee and thinking, I have so many regrets <laughs> that I didn't, I didn't hook up with people on the cast because I wanted to be a good girlfriend to this, this person. <laughs> that was a mistake. That was a mistake. <laughs> Bean Dad, The Dress, 30 to 50 Feral Hogs. If you knew what any of those were, you spend too much time online. And hey, I do too. 16th Minute of Fame is a new weekly podcast hosted by me, Jamie Loftus, where every week I take a closer look at an internet character of the day. Who were they? What made them so notorious? Why did the internet choose them? And what does a person do when they're suddenly confronted with more attention than the human psyche can handle? I'll be talking to internet historians, experts, and yes, the main characters themselves to get a fuller picture. Because I think that even outside individual experiences, a character of the day tells us something about how the internet worked at that time and how the attention economy developed into the freaky three-headed dragon it is today. Together, we probably won't be able to properly log out, but we can take a walk down scary internet memory lane and see one day a little more clearly. Listen to 16th Minute of Fame on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hello, acclaimed comics writer and notorious Scott Summers hater, Rosie Knight. Well, hello, Emmy-winning podcaster and totally unbiased Targaryen royal supporter, Jason Concepcion. Rosie, somehow the X-Ray Vision podcast has returned. It feels so good. It does. And like always, we'll be here every week covering the wide world of TV, movies, comics, and geek culture. That's right. We'll be talking about Batman, heroes of that stature. And of course, we'll be inviting our friends in the industry to come geek out with us and share stories. We'll hear from TV writers, from actors, comics creators, pop culture critics, and more. Nothing is off the table because geek culture is pop culture. And we can't wait to share our love of it all with you every single week. Listen to X-Ray Vision on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. This is Neil Strauss, host of the Tenderfoot TV true crime podcast, To Live and Die in L.A. I'm here to tell you about the new podcast I've been undercover investigating for the last year and a half. It's called To Die For. Here's a clip. All these girls were sent out into the world and they were told, try to meet important men, try to attach yourself to important men. The voice you're hearing is a Russian model agent telling me about spies sent out to seduce men with political power. The war in Ukraine is also being fought by all these girls that are all over important cities. For the first time, A military-trained seduction spy reveals how the Russian government turned sex and love into a deadly weapon. If you want to kill your target, it's easy. You just seduce him, take him somewhere, start having sex, and then he's very vulnerable, so you can kill him easily. To Die For is available now. Listen for free on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Vanessa, do you remember when we did tell him in the blue dresses? Um, no, it wasn't tell him. It was maybe the same episode when we did. Um, we did uh, look at me. I'm Sandra D. 
and we went, all of us, we were having such a fun time on set. We all went to Chipotle together on Vine Street and picked up a party box of Chipotle. <laughs> we got like a cater. You, were, we, you and I were like, let's get the catering box. And we went and we got a catering box for Chipotle, picked it up in our pajamas. We were all in like our panda hats and like flannels and socks. Vanessa's always in pajamas. <laughs> yeah, that's right. That was like our dream. Vanessa but we were having such a fun time pajamas. on set. Are going to Chipotle. That's when I found out that Jenna loved Chipotle as much as I did, or maybe oh more. God. And that Chipotle had given her, in my memory, it's a lifetime. I wish it was a, a year. It was a year. All of, our friends, all of our friends remember those cards as a lifetime. Oh, just thing. one yeah. one year. So one year of free Chipotle is is a, da- a daily burrito. You and were we abused to get. it though. Oh, oh yeah. I had one, and I would get it for all my friends. She'd get it for all her friends. I would also go like was twice a day, and they would let me use it. That guacamole. Hey, Chipotle, Ooh. if you're listening, I'd like that card back. Yeah. yeah, and we won't abuse it, we promise. I don't know about I that. Got, I had to start switching up locations because they were catching me. <laughs> like, oh, I'm sorry, this is for... I'm like, oh, I had no idea. Well, I lived down the block from Chipotle. That was the issue. Like, on the way home from set, I would just yeah. veer off, grab it, and then yeah. go home. I would go home for lunch and pick up Chipotle and then go eat it in my loft and then drive back to work. But anyway, my most vivid memories of Chipotle there, though, were when Kevin and Vanessa, we would all partake in it together because I think the three of us actually love Chipotle the most. I'm actually so glad that we are here right now. We had a bond, totally. Trio Amoeba. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Like I'm I'm just remembering. Mm -hmm. You're like feeling the. Yeah. Mm -hmm. We had. It's all coming back. We We were special. We did. We were. We are special. We are special. Um, one of the most special trips I've ever taken in my entire life was with Vanessa. <gasps> yes. Giving gold. Giving gold. Mexico. Giving, giving gold in yes. Mexico. Mm. We went to Cancun and it was. <laughs> <laughs> was this, wait, was this the trip? I always forget. Was this the trip where Naya crashed into the family? <laughs> the parasailing trip where Naya and Brittany Parks were like spooning on this parasailing <laughs> Uh, what umbrella thing. umbrella they Parachute. crashed into a family they landed into a, a family, family. No. A dinner a family a dinner, dinner having dinner on the beach so this was not that trip no, and it so, wasn't the trip where we did mafia and everyone realized that I was a conniving that was manipulative the, that was liar. the same trip as the mafia trip was the same trip as the parasail into the family <laughs> okay two different trips that was also incredible because we also we all played mafia as a cast regularly and we took it very seriously yes. and oh, yes. Naya like in addition to having Christmas parties every Christmas, Ugh. she would also invite a lot of us on trips mm-hmm. every summer. Mm-hmm. And so we went to Zihuatanejo, mm-hmm. and we the first night we had this like huge dinner with how many were there? Like fifteen of us or yeah, something. It was a lot. That many people went. Was that the yes. tequila tasting? Night? No, that <laughs> was that was a different trip. <laughs> Most of my memories are about Mexico with yes. Kevin. <laughs> mm-hmm, mm-hmm. It takes about ninety percent of your brain. <laughs> we played the craziest game of mafia and started several fights between couples, and we were egging them on because we like people were swearing on their own children yes. to oh. their partners, oh. and we were all like, "Yes." Get into it. (laughs) And then afterwards, we were all like, oh, that was a great game. Like, good job. Vanessa, like, murdered everyone. It was fine. And then couples had to, like, go away. And, yeah, to, like, reconcile Mm -hmm. and then come back and join the festivities. I think somebody, a couple didn't talk for a whole day and a half. I need to know who these people were. I will tell you. All right. Um, But, okay, so giving gold. (laughs) (laughs) Because, Vanessa, it's interesting to hear you say also that you weren't 
maybe when we were at work, you weren't in the space to be like completely open with your life personally. But outside of work, it felt like the complete opposite. Mm-hmm. Like you were very, very open and free with us and we were with you in return. And so we went to this, we went to Cancun at this like all-inclusive resort. <laughs> and like amongst other things, we were giving away, we didn't realize it was all-inclusive until like halfway through the trip. <gasps> and we started because we had to like pose for fake paparazzi pictures. Then we got to stay for free. I remember this. It was one of those things. I remember this. And we ended up meeting all these people that probably were not old enough to drink. And we were playing volleyball with them. (laughs) And like their parents were watching. We're like, can we get shots for everyone? You were giving gold. And no. And so then towards the end of it, we had had so much tequila over like the four days we were there. Yeah. We were shattered. Oh, just broken (laughs) versions of ourselves. Mm -hmm. And crawled. We had lunch or brunch Mm -hmm. on the beach Mm -hmm. and like it was hot and we were all (laughs) so hungover like dying and emotionally fragile yes because we hadn't really slept and we're only drinking tequila for most of the days and we decide to go around the table and give gold and like pick to each person and say what we love about them yeah very vanessa yeah very vanessa Mm -hmm. like pick a moment Yes. That you, you remember with and a person and then tell you how you felt. Like the, if you talk to any of us that were there, none of us have forgotten it. Mm-mm. And it was like so deep, weirdly transcendent. Mm-hmm. We're like, we shouldn't, this shouldn't be that meaningful at this moment. But and it was. Mm-hmm. Everyone was bawling. Sobbing. We couldn't look we across holding, the table. We were, we were, we were clenching each other. We were, we were holding hands, holding bodies, sobbing. Who was there? Kelly, Kevin, Justin uh, Thorne, Justin Thorne, Alex the Butcher, Alex the Butcher, Marco. Marcos. It was also Marco. like a weird random group. Yeah, I'm like, what group is this? <laughs> is I the only? You're the only one group. with a vagina. Yeah. Wow. wow. Yeah. And it was fascinating. And it was like this weird. Like everyone just came. Like it was a mixture of like several different groups, and everyone was just so open. And I will say, Vanessa and Telly, I think inspire that when you're around them Mm -hmm. for everyone to just be like accepting and open to whatever is going to come our way Mm -hmm. and Mm -hmm. most of and like in a very positive way Mm. and so by the end of that trip where we all felt like we're family (laughs) oh my god i even told them at the airport we're a new kind of family when i tried to (laughs) she was going through immigration and they said, oh, are, are you, you with other family? people? Are you with family? She <laughs> said, yes, that's my family. And they're like, uh, are you, shouldn't you be together? And I was like, well, we're, we're a new kind of family. <laughs> like the old ABC family slogan. <laughs> like a new, a new kind of family. So uh, during that trip, we had what they called like a butler. A house, a house. I don't know. I, don't, I feel like we shouldn't. I, I don't know, know if I any of those words are going to be I, good. I don't know what the word was, but um, Josue <laughs> was with us like all day. I know I'm beside the point right now, but it was just um, <laughs> he's just looking at you like you are off the plot, out of the off the uh, out of the rails, but out of the rails. Wade <laughs> brought us to security and cried. Yes, he that's cried. how crazy this trip was. What were you guys on? I don't not, know. Nothing. Love. Yeah. Yeah. I'm not love trying to make friendship. any rumors no. here, but you know what I mean. No, but I'm, this is no. all speaks to the power of Vanessa's love. Wow, that was the that wow. was the yes. way to bring it around. To put the, the yeah. point on it because if you were not there, that absolutely would not have happened. Mm, fair, fair. Yeah, I I usually <sighs> like to end with people crying. That's the can, the that cancer feels, in me. Feels, yeah, dream um, wedding. We also play dream some, wedding. Oh my god, dream oh, wedding. Dream wedding. <laughs> okay, wait. So before we um and Jenna, Jenna's feverishly looking at her papers, trying to get us back on track. Yeah, at least we have someone respond. There's yes. an adult in the room. Thank no, no, no. I. 
I have some questions. Well, some people wrote in, lots of people wrote in really? questions. We yes. asked people for questions for you. Wow. And I was just browsing through all of these. Um, and I wanted to know this as well. So Aaron Charlotte asked, what did you think of Diana's impression of sugar? And what was it like playing Quinn? I love that day. That was a great day. <laughs> um, <laughs> it was really fun. I think... Diana is one of the most stunning people oh, yeah. of mm-hmm. all time. Just like to look at her. Uh, I'm sure I've told her this a million times. Just like it's captivating. It's, mm. it's like your brain shuts off and you kind of just tilt your head and get lost in this like beauty that she emanates. Mm-hmm. And then I also think she's quite an interesting actress. Like I, <laughs> I remember like she's like constantly positive, even if she re- forgets the line halfway through, <laughs> you know? So she'd be like, she'd be like talking or saying her line and then there'd be this pause. And I, I remember thinking, is she taking a dramatic pause? And then she'd just be like, what is it? <laughs> With no guilt, no shame. I would feel, I would, I would go home and just, you know, beat myself on the back with something uncomfortable. That's a weird thing to say, but whatever. Anyways, and she's just like delighted. And, and so... <laughs> And so to switch with her, oh, oh, I've, I've, I've sent them all. I've sent Jenna and Kevin. That's uh, the best way anybody's ever explained it. Because it's so true. <laughs> so I think, so I think the opportunity to get to play her for me was more to get to play that. Like, cause I had been just an, like observing her with this awe and reverence for the, you know, for however long I had been a part of the cast. And so when I saw that I got to to play her, it was more really for me to play that part that I, I just like this really. I'm not, I'm not. <laughs> I told you, I like it when, to, when people cry. See, this is what she's you a witch. do. She has power. You don't know how she's going to make you cry. No, but you, will cry. you will get there. Oh my God. Tell us how you're feeling right now, Jenna. (laughs) How do you feel? There's a feeling of elation because I think we're all in our room together. And so I'm feeling like buzzy. It's like I'm drunk, but I'm not. I'm drunk on love. (laughs) And I just was like, this is a really great observation and and a way to explain um, something that I never fully could put words to. So it felt very... um, rewarding in that moment. <laughs> yeah, so like, oh, that's it. <laughs> Finally, like, yeah. after all this time. Wow, that was a revelation. Okay. I hope that answers her question. That Thank did. you for a great question. What a gift. Watching them play each other, oh, you both have like this extra burst of energy. You guys were my favorite. Like, Diana was up and like dancing. Like, and it swaying. Was, yeah, I was like, oh, who are these people? You, We really did see people, like, people transform in that episode. Yes. It was really... So fun and different. It was and like we were honoring each other, you know? Yes, exactly. Except some people didn't take it well, but it's mm. okay. Um, yeah. Whatever. If you can't make fun of yourself. I know. Bean Dad, The Dress, 30 to 50 Feral Hogs. If you knew what any of those were, you spend too much time online. And hey, I do too. 16th Minute of Fame is a new weekly podcast hosted by me, Jamie Loftus, where every week I take a closer look at an internet character of the day. Who were they? What made them so notorious? Why did the internet choose them? And what does a person do when they're suddenly confronted with more attention than the human psyche can handle? 
I'll be talking to internet historians, experts, and yes, the main characters themselves to get a fuller picture. Because I think that even outside individual experiences, a character of the day tells us something about how the internet worked at that time and how the attention economy developed into the freaky three-headed dragon it is today. Together, we probably won't be able to properly log out, but we can take a walk down scary internet memory lane and see one day a little more clearly. Listen to 16th Minute of Fame on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hello, acclaimed comics writer and notorious Scott Summers hater, Rosie Knight. Well, hello, Emmy-winning podcaster and totally unbiased Targaryen royal supporter, Jason Concepcion. Rosie, somehow the X-Ray Vision podcast has returned. It feels so good. It does. And like always, we'll be here every week covering the wide world of TV, movies, comics, and geek culture. That's right. We'll be talking about Batman, heroes of that stature. And of course, we'll be inviting our friends in the industry to come geek out with us and share stories. We'll hear from TV writers, from actors, comics creators, pop culture critics, and more. Nothing is off the table because geek culture is pop culture. And we can't wait to share our love of it all with you every single week. Listen to X-Ray Vision on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. This is Neil Strauss, host of the Tenderfoot TV true crime podcast, To Live and Die in L.A. I'm here to tell you about the new podcast I've been undercover investigating for the last year and a half. It's called To Die For. Here's a clip. All these girls were sent out into the world and they were told, try to meet important men, try to attach yourself to important men. The voice you're hearing is a Russian model agent telling me about spies sent out to seduce men with political power. The war in Ukraine is also being fought by all these girls that are all over important cities. For the first time, a military-trained seduction spy reveals how the Russian government turned sex and love into a deadly weapon. If you want to kill your target, it's easy. You just seduce him, take him somewhere, start having sex, and then he's very vulnerable, so you can kill him easily. To Die For is available now. Listen for free on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Crash Test Comic wants to know, did you prefer Sugar with Rory or Artie? Oh. <laughs> Cra- crash Test Pardon? Don't worry about that. Okay. Um, <laughs> I'm wow. going to say it because I don't want to hurt his feelings is wow. the problem. Okay. Oh. Well, only no, no, one, no. Is, only one of him. them is in the room. We won't tell him. No. <laughs> okay. No, I... We won't tell him. I. The thing I never got out of Glee was that... Uh, we didn't have a relation. Uh, Sugar and Artie did not have a full relationship. That there was no makeout scenes. Oh yeah, yeah. Um, mm. I really would have loved to, to see that. There's I, still I time. Sh- there's still time when we apparently there's like reboot whatever, or just oh. let's make our own show. Okay, mm-hmm. we can just make out um, after this, or we can just make out after this. <laughs> yeah. That's perfect. Uh, what happens at the win in Vegas? <laughs> gets on this podcast. Yeah, exactly. Um, no, of course, Artie. I know Thank whatever you. Rory got me a puppy, but you know what? 
I'm I, at the time I was a, very allergic to dogs. <gasps> so actually that was a terrible gift. Are you not now? No, I've, I've, um, mm-hmm. I can, I can get it. into it, but I've convinced myself I've, 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 You've I'm, gotten past I'm, it. I'm not allergic to dogs anymore. Wow. I also yeah. had to be a dog trainer on Turner and Hooch. So right. Right. Really figure it out. Yeah. And those are not hypoallergenic. I actually dogs. will just give you the rundown because it's so weird. And I think you're going to really love this about me. Um, <laughs> I read this thing that said sometimes kids with childhood allergies make them up because their parents aren't giving them enough attention and they have no other way to like call for attention other than to have this reaction because they're competing with the animals. And and that as an adult, we are allowed and we, we don't realize or remember that we can ask for it the attention that we need and that we can create a a new sense of safety for ourselves and we don't have to be in competition with these animals. And I kid you not, I hope this is for you. Maybe you have an allergy that you can get over. Um, (laughs) I kid you not. I just started telling myself, Vanessa, you're safe. And if you want attention, you can ask for it. And I am no longer allergic to dogs. And I'm telling you, I was full on like sneezy nose, hives, the whole thing. So, I mean, you know, Wow. I am also Vanessa. I'm, just, I'm not a doctor. Please do not like get off your allergy medication and blame me <laughs> for your hospital visit. Absolutely not. But I just think that that's Whoa. pretty cool. You know, if anyone else said that, I would have been like. Yeah, they're lying. Yeah, but. I believe it. If you don't understand or believe in the power of Vanessa after this episode, <laughs> then you don't know what you're you've doing. You've taken nothing away from yeah. this. Um, I have a, I have one. Uh. What was your biggest takeaway from Glee professionally and personally? That's from Coco525. But then additionally, Bella Grace said, why did you disappear from the show? Ooh, that's so great. Um, So three-parter. Personally, I think our friendships. Mm -hmm. Like without a doubt, um, I can't believe how many hard times that we've gone through together after the show, which also deepened our friendship. But even if let's say we hadn't had those Mm -hmm. things happen, I just feel like there was, there is something about being together for 15 to 17 hours a day for years Mm -hmm. um, that (laughs) makes you close with someone forever. Um, And you still like each other. And we still like each other. And also just, yeah, just like, yeah, it just felt really, I think this is the, the vibe that I told you I felt in the audition. There was some vibe I felt like, oh, I found a family. Mm. I'm going to be in this family. This is what the family feels like. And it hasn't changed. So that was my biggest personal takeaway. And also shout out to uh, Tali Kusakis, Aristotle Kusakis, because um, Mm -hmm. he's my ride or die. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And I met him through Glee and he's saved my life, not to sound dramatic, but definitely saved my life um, Mm. emotionally. And, and, and so I'm just like, wow, I got to tell you out of it. Mm -hmm. So there's that. Um, and then professionally, I think, you know, Instagram gives me anxiety, but all of those followers that I have on Instagram, which now uh-huh. in, in, in today's world is, you know, not, a, not that many, but all of those people who give me so much love on a regular mm-hmm. basis came from Glee. So I think professionally, that was um, just like a, a, a big shift in my life. I love that for you. Thank you. And then uh, the third question was probably the why did Trigger disappear from Glee? That's right. Um, Do you know? Okay, so this is my this is my uh, yeah thought. I love this. <laughs> I Buckle think up. that. Okay, this is this is what I think. 
I think that when they were filming scenes, I wasn't the best dancer and I wasn't the best singer. And it was probably costing them a lot to try to like make it work in a oh, lot of the no, scenes. Yeah, that's, that's, so. what I, that's what I took that to mean. Mm. And then if I could take 100% responsibility for why, like, you know, because that's what I do now, mm-hmm. just try to take responsibility for everything. Um, I was really mad that they killed Corey's character. Huh. Uh. I really wanted um, him to live on. Mm. Like I wanted it to just be written that he mm-hmm. uh, went somewhere and mm-hmm. just is living a great life. Mm. And uh, mm. mm-hmm. inside I was like, that's fucked up. Mm. It's fucked up. Like, you know, in my, in my my opinion, which mm-hmm. is not, yeah. you know, yeah. it's just me. Yeah. Um, I just, I, and I think it just, it's, it's actually just that I had a really, really deep desire for him to live on mm. somewhere. Mm-hmm. Mm. And then they just took that away. And I was like, this, I don't, I'm, my heart bro- is broken. Yeah. That was very, so I don't know if that's, if I'm taking responsibility for why mm. there was a, but I came back for the wedding episode, which was like the was best so day nice. ever. Did best you, ever. best day ever. Did you voice that to anyone? Or do you just feel Maybe. like you emanated that? And I feel like I it. emanated it. Mm-hmm. I feel like um, I probably told Telly because he knows every single thing well, there is to know yeah. about me. Right. But no, I don't think I made a stink about it. Mm-hmm. Um, I just like judged, just yeah. silently judged. I did. I'm glad that when we had Ryan on, he talked about that. Oh, tell yeah. me what he said. Mm-hmm. I could also. He just said it. he wouldn't mm-hmm. do it again. Yeah, because there was, there was, I think there was no right way. No. To do it? Definitely not. It was a lose-lose no matter yeah, what. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And like none of us wanted to do it. None he of would have us ended the show it. there, he it's, said. Yeah, it's just like one of those things where you might have this, you might be like, making this a part of the show might be good for processing and digesting this really unfathomable, unfa- un, yeah, you know, un, I can't say the word. You did. Baffling uh, experience. But I don't feel like that's actually what happened. I felt like it it created more distance between people to have to um, bring the grieving process to the set Mm -hmm. and, um, and have it, um, you know, and, and uh, yeah, I have a lot of opinions about that. I think that's probably why energetically I, I popped out. I think that's, I mean, that makes a lot of sense because we were all feeling that way. Yeah. Yeah. I think you just voiced it Mm. because I don't, I didn't have a solution either. I'm like, can we just ignore it? Mm-hmm. Or put like a greatest moments, greatest hits together or something. Yeah. Like let's. I mean, there's no right way to do it, no. but I agree that there's could be wrong ways to do it. Yeah. I mean, and, and it, there, there isn't a wrong way, you know, because yeah. Yeah. it was done that way. So I guess like looking back, like that's just, and that, that really does represent how, why Glee was so uh, beloved because they, they they took those inside your insides and put them on the outside and people mm-hmm. were just drinking it up. They're like, I just love this. This mm-hmm. is like, look at these, all mm-hmm. these amazing talented beings and I can, I get to see the inside of them mm-hmm. no matter how exploitive and, yeah. you know, vulnerable that was for sure. everyone on the cast. Um, so, you know, so that was good. And then I guess when I think of the audience, I don't know. I don't know what, I don't know what you guys have, um, feedback you've gotten from their experience of how they wanted you know glee is like that because people loved it so much you kind of do want to take care of them in a sense like Mm -hmm. 
I wouldn't, I wouldn't give anybody advice to validate fans because that can be messy, but there's, there is something in me that wants everyone who loved Glee to know that they're not alone and that they're loved and this grief is hard. And especially all the grief that, you know, has piled on, but what am I even trying to say? I'm just trying to not make it wrong, but it, yeah. <laughs> yeah at, at the time no, I, I was that's like, this is wrong. That's how you felt. Yeah. 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 It, it felt. Yeah. Yeah. It was. Yeah. Just really. It was really easy to cry in that scene. <laughs> I sort of did never, the opposite. Yeah. I, f- I was angry. Yeah. So yeah. I was just like, you're not getting this from me. Oh God. That's hard because. Yeah. It was just hard not to. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know? Yeah. I think just like they, um, they should have counselors and therapists there, you know? Well, Ryan had said also in the, um, when he came on the show, like work, mental health was not a thing in the workplace when we were there. That's fair. Things would be so different. And the way they handled my whole thing would have oh been God. different. The way they handled Corey would have been different. Um, the way they handled a lot would have been different. And everybody would have had support and would have felt, like they had something that was offered that felt normalized. You know, I think they had offered like if we needed a grief counselor, they could get one for us, but like none of us were doing that at the time. Yeah, and yeah, none of us felt right. like, and it didn't feel, yeah, it was a, it was a very um, strange yeah. experience, but fortunately like learning whilst going through it. Yeah. Right. Like, so no, you're allowed to feel the way you feel. And we, a lot of people felt that way. And I, I actually don't know how many, how people feel about that particularly. I mean, I think pe- people that I've have spoken to me about it like the episode. I guess they wouldn't speak to me if they didn't like right. the episode. Right. But I've always found that really interesting and I'm always shocked mm. by it because of how we all felt about it. Mm-hmm. I'm like, oh, you liked that? But I think I can understand. They were watching the characters though. They yes. weren't watching us. That's we right. were doing ourselves. We weren't doing our characters. Yeah. yeah. That's the difference. Yeah. And that's yeah. really hard because they don't know. Yeah, that's they right. can only understand. Too, and that's why you have this degree. show, because this is this is mm-hmm. this is the actual processing, by the way, what right. you guys are doing. This is the, this is where you get to go back and mm-hmm. alchemize right. the experience, mm-hmm. right. because now people do get to know. And then there's not the separation right between what right. was re- what was remembered as as the truth. And then there's like, no, there's there's more to it. And mm-hmm. I think that's amazing. I think that's amazing. I think what you're doing is amazing. Um, on a lighter note, there's yeah, lighter. one Let's more one more write in that I um, but I'm so grateful that you're here and that so we get to share all this. How do you feel about pom poms? So, <laughs> well, we know how you feel about pom poms because sugar sugar was pom poms. Um, did your back hurt from carrying the comedy of Glee throughout the series? Oh, <laughs> I will go on a date with you. Um, that's a great line. BPB uh, 0701. Thank you. Because that really Accurate. just took me. Yeah. I was like, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yep. Um, Vanessa. Yes, yes, darling. We are just so grateful yes. that you are here with us. Um, you are such a light. You have, con- you have always been a light to us. And then you continue to shine so brightly for us every time it seeps through your pores and it is contagious and unavoidable. Damn. Yeah, you, you did that. You, you did that. <laughs> I have nothing else to add. We love you. Um, Vanessa's also like <clears throat> our new co-host for <laughs> uh, a couple episodes. Yeah, for, a couple for, episodes. So yeah. this is uh, strap in. Tune in. She's here for a couple weeks. So Vanessa, thank you so much. Thank you. See you thank next you. week. 
<laughs> yes. <laughs> Not so you really miss. Bye. <laughs> Thanks for listening and follow us on Instagram at and that's what you really miss pod. Make sure to write us a review and leave us five stars. See you next time. Bean Dad, The Dress, 30 to 50 Feral Hogs. If you knew what any of those were, you spend too much time online. And hey, I do too. 16th Minute of Fame is a new weekly podcast hosted by me, Jamie Loftus. And every week we take a closer look at an internet character of the day. Who are they? What made them so notorious? How did the internet or the algorithm choose them? And what does a person do when they're suddenly confronted with more attention than the human psyche can handle? Listen to 16th Minute of Fame on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hello, acclaimed comics writer and notorious Scott Summers hater, Rosie Knight. Well, hello, Emmy-winning podcaster and totally unbiased Targaryen royal supporter, Jason Concepcion. Somehow the X-Ray Vision podcast has returned. And like always, we'll be here every week. You'll hear from TV writers, actors, comics creators, pop culture critics. Nothing is off the table. Listen to X-Ray Vision on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Imagine you're a fly on the wall at a dinner between the mafia, the CIA, and the KGB. That's where my new podcast begins. This is Neil Strauss, host of To Live and Die in L.A., and I wanted to quickly tell you about an intense new series about a dangerous spy taught to seduce men for their secrets and sometimes their lives. From Tenderfoot TV, this is To Die For. To Die For is available now. Listen for free on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts or wherever you get your podcasts.